Hey, Adultish fam, we need a quick favor from y'all. We're conducting our annual Radiotopia listener survey, and we'd really be grateful if you could just take a few minutes to fill out the questionnaire. What he said. This means a lot to us, so please visit survey.prx.org slash adultish, that's adultish with no space, to tell us what you think of the show and help us learn a little bit more about yourself. There, you can answer questions about all the other Radiotopia podcasts you listen to as well. Yup, it'll really help us program the content that you want for season four. So that's survey.prx.org slash adultish. Thanks, y'all. Mwah! For me, when I listen to any type of news, I want to hear it from people who really understand the experiences of those that they speak or write about. That's what we try to do on Adultish. So that's why I'm so excited about a new show called A Better Life. It's a podcast about immigrants and how they're being affected by COVID-19. At A Better Life, the host and virtually all the reporters are immigrants or the children of immigrants, like your girl. You'll also hear from immigrant elders like grandparents, parents, aunts, uncles, to hear how they're coping during the pandemic and what they've learned over the years that can help the rest of us survive today's challenges. A Better Life introduces you to people and places that you may have never encountered any other way. It's the kind of stories that you want to hear nowadays. So listen wherever you get your podcasts. You ever wake up thinking about yourself? Uh, what do you mean? Like, good morning. My name is Nigel Turner. Oh, <laughs> uh, kinda. I mean, like, no duh. I wake up every morning. And I'm like, yeah, I'm Mark Nguyen. <laughs> but for me, I wake up and I'm very aware of the fact that I'm a woman. Uh, yeah, I wake up very aware of the fact that I am a black man. <laughs> um, why? Well, because, you know, with, with quarantine going on and my mind going to some dark spaces, I just mm. wanted to remind myself of what I am thankful for and things to be happy about. And being an independent woman, paving my own path was one of those things for me. Like, how cool is it knowing that I have a mind with thoughts that I know how to express, a soul that feels, and this body that mm-hmm. is totally capable of producing another human body? Isn't that, that's nuts. Yeah, I, I was I was about to be like retweet until you got to the uh, <laughs> I can produce a human body out of my body. Um, yeah, your, your thumb was hovering over the, the the retweet. Right, I'm still trying yeah. to figure out my identity after. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's there's other things too. Like I've I've got a spot of my own to live. I can wear what I want. I. I we have this show, which is our job, and, and I'm really grateful for that. But it's, it's just also weird knowing that those things aren't guaranteed. And I mean, like, they could be taken away. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if we look at history for a minute, there are things that I couldn't have had 100 years ago. Yeah, because you're, like, not 100 years old. I know! No, duh, <laughs> okay? I'm not the Avatar. Not yet. You might be. I might it hasn't be. hasn't been revealed yet. Actually, people in middle school, they did call me Aang because, like, Angela and, like, the A-N-G. They would have told you by now, though. You're, you're over 16. I am. Forever 12 in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, like, in the grand scheme of time, women were only given the same citizenship rights as men just, like, yesterday. Because it wasn't until 
100 years ago from this year, in 1920, when women were given those rights in the U.S. Constitution and could finally vote. Yeah, but that was for, like, white women, though. Like, people of color, they didn't really get the right to vote until the Voting Rights Act. But, I mean, that that is my point. 60 years ago, you and I wouldn't have the rights that we do today, mm. you as a black man and me as an Asian-American woman. Yeah. And even though we're on the younger side of all this and are able to say we've had these, quote-unquote, equal rights all our lives, it just doesn't feel... Like things are 100% equal. Uh-huh. Would you say that? What? Would I say what? <laughs> I mean, I would say that things don't feel 100% equal. Would you say that too? <laughs> Before I answer that, <laughs> um, welcome everyone to Adultish by YR Media, where we get into early morning deep thoughts and quick history recaps with my co-host Merck. Hey. I'm Nige. And to answer your question about if I feel equal to anyone as a black man, my response is... L-O-L. Uh, <laughs> my family, like, called me, especially, like, with everything going on, like, recently, like, with uh, George Floyd or um, Ahmaud Arbery, like, my family called me, like, crying, like, scared about me running around my block. I mean, I can't like I can't even jog around my house without like being in fear. So mm. uh, it feels like the skin that I was born with definitely feels like a target and equality is something I'm very familiar with not Mm. feeling. Yeah, and I could never imagine what that feels like, but we can relate that things, like you just said, don't feel equal. Big facts. So today, we're going to focus on people who are creating equal access in the world. And since all of our guests just happen to be forward-thinking females, today's episode is titled Future-ish Female. Yeah, Merck and I are going to talk to two actresses slash skaters from HBO's Betty, a show that follows a group of young women as they navigate the NYC skate scene. I love this show so much, and it definitely brings me back to a very nostalgic part of my life, uh, the good old... (laughs) Young Nige skating days. Mmm, cause Nigel's a skater boy. He said, see you later, boy. Speaking of which, Davey got disconnected, so we might have to record all of that again. Yeah, I saw it. Like, in the middle of my line, I saw that. Facts, though, you were a skater boy. When we were on Zoom meetings, Nige's bedroom walls are covered with skateboards. And people used to always hate that because, like, all my friends who, like, actually skate, like, you're such a poser if you just have, like, fresh boards on your wall. <laughs> And people would like always come in my room like, bro, like, what's up? Like, can we skate these? I'm like, ah, (laughs) decoration. (laughs) But yeah, we'll get into how the characters in the show and the actresses themselves are creating space in skate parks that are really dude heavy for girls to ride freely, do tricks and just be themselves. We're also going to be exploring the digital space with someone who's not afraid to take on tech bros and advocate for equal tech accessibility. And if you don't know what that is, you are about to find out because joining us in just a second to talk about that is Hobin Gurma, a disability rights lawyer who Obama once personally gave the White House Champion of Change Award. She's also the first deafblind graduate of Harvard Law School, was on Forbes 30 Under 30, and she surfs and salsa dances. So we start off by asking about her school cafeteria, also known as my favorite place on the earth, (laughs) which is where she first started fighting for disability rights. Yes, so I went to Lewis and Clark College and the cafeteria is like a lot of cafeterias. They had several food stations, like about six different food stations. 
and sighted students would walk in, look at a print menu, and then go to their station of choice. I couldn't read the menu. Not because of my blindness, disability is never the barrier. The problem was the format of the menu. So I went to the cafeteria manager and I explained, I can't read the menu because of the format of the menu. Can you provide the menu in Braille? Mm -hmm. Or post it online or email it to me? And they told me they're very busy. I should stop complaining and be more appreciative. Mm I don't know about you, but if there's chocolate cake at station four and no one tells me, (laughs) I'm not feeling appreciative. So for the first few months, I just tolerated it. I told myself, why should I complain when lots of kids around the world are struggling for food? Maybe I should just be grateful. And I talked to my friends and they reminded me, it's our choice to accept unfairness or to advocate and do something about it. So what'd you do? I did research. I learned about the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA. Mm -hmm. The ADA prohibits discrimination against people with disabilities. So I went back to the manager and I explained the ADA and the history and they have a legal obligation to make their services accessible. That conversation actually changed everything because they realized I wasn't asking them for a favor. I was asking them to comply with the law. And after that, they started providing the menu in accessible formats. Life became delicious. (laughs) Chocolate cake for everyone. (laughs) So right now, through the power of podcast magic, it sounds like we're all chatting in the same room. But obviously for a show, our listeners aren't able to see the logistics of how we're talking to each other right now. But you have someone by your side interpreting everything that we're saying, right? That's a great question. So I can't hear Merck and Nigel. What we're doing is I have an interpreter here who's typing on the keyboard what Merck and Nigel are seeing. And that's being transmitted to my Braille computer. It's a small device with braille dots that pop up. And I run my fingers over the dots, feel the dots, and that's how I know what Merck and Nigel are saying. And it was amazing how fast it was actually happening, too. So on to question number two. You traveled the world being that advocate for people with disabilities. You've spoken at White House and TED Talks, and in many of your talks, I admired how you reclaimed the word pioneer. So what's your personal definition of that word and how does it guide your work? A pioneer is someone who's daring enough to try something new. It's not just about going somewhere new. Mm. And that could be a mindset. It could be learning a new skill. We've mentioned salsa dancing. (laughs) Salsa dancing, I learned Because when I was 15 years old and at a camp, I met a blind salsa dancer. And she showed me, physically showed me, she let me touch her feet, her hands, and showed me how she moves for salsa dancing. And then I learned that I can do it too, and I can learn to salsa as well. And I've been dancing ever since. Yes! So what was the hardest thing about learning to salsa? The hardest thing about salsa dancing is finding dance partners. Mm. A lot of people, they look around the room, watch people, make eye contact, and then 
they somehow get that person to come to them or they have the courage to go up to that person and ask them to dance. I can't do that because I can't see the dancers. So I have several strategies. When I danced with someone, after the dance, I asked them, can you introduce me to someone? And oftentimes they have another friend at the salsa club that they can introduce me to and that I can dance with. Oh, or that's cool. Or I'll meet up with a friend there and the friend will help me find dance partners. So on your website, it also says that you like to surf, which is something I'll never do because of sharks. So I'm sorry, but screw that. <laughs> <laughs> but for you, Hobbin, what made you wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm Hobbin Gurma. I'm awesome. I want to surf. The world is dangerous. You can't let sharks stop you from doing something fun. I wish I knew how to salsa dance and I wish I knew how to surf. I can't do either of those things. Same. One day, Nige. I have a meme bachata, but I mean, as far as salsa goes, that's where I get mixed up. How do you get mixed up? In what way? Because bachata is like a two-step, and I've been two-stepping my whole life. <laughs> but... <laughs> Salsa is like a little more, I don't, I don't know, it's, it's extra steps in it that confuse me. Yeah, there are more steps in salsa than bachata. I also do bachata. It's super fun. I think some people struggle with dance maybe because they haven't had the right teachers. Maybe I need to learn from you how to surf and how to salsa dance. Yeah, can I sign up for your classes too? <laughs> <laughs> That actually sounds really, really fun. Maybe we could go to like Costa Rica and do a salsa and surf camp. Hey, that, that sounds amazing. Are you paying for the trip to Costa Rica? I'm assuming this podcast is going to pay for it. Hey, Davey, you heard her. <laughs> so quick question. Surfing or salsa dancing? If you had to choose one. Salsa dancing, no question about it. <laughs> One, it's definitely more accessible to people. And ultimately, I'm looking for activities that are a form of exercise and social. And it makes you look sexy, right? <laughs> you know, some people watching might feel that way. But when I'm in the moment dancing, that's not what I'm thinking about. <laughs> Okay, so for our next question, we wanted to know more about where you come from and I guess more specifically who your mom is to you and how she's influenced the woman you've become. My mom is amazing. She's from Eritrea. It's a small country in Northeast Africa. She's not deafblind, so growing up, many of the things I was experiencing were new to her and to me. But what was really powerful growing up is hearing my mom's stories. My mom grew up during the war between Eritrea and Ethiopia. And my mom, when she was about 17, 16, she took the dangerous journey walking from Eritrea to Sudan. It took about three weeks. And then she was a refugee in Sudan for about 10 months. And a refugee organization helped her come to the United States. Then in America, she had to learn so many things. How to get a job in the U.S., how to improve her English. Those stories are stories of pioneering. Her stories of being a refugee and making it in America inspired me and really helped me. I totally feel the same way about my mom, so I'm really glad you shared that, Hobbin. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So 
going back to being a pioneer, we know you're out on the front lines pushing to make tech accessible for everyone, which is obviously more than just being able to pop up on the internet to like something on Insta. So what kind of issues are you really trying to tackle? A lot of apps and websites only work if you can see or if you can hear. There are a lot of accessibility features that exist, but developers aren't putting them into their websites and apps. So we're trying to teach developers, build with accessibility. The guidelines already exist, and we don't want separate websites or separate apps for people with disabilities. Separate is never equal. Sometimes people think, oh, we'll have the blind website have the same features as the sighted website. And they'll start out with good intentions, but down the line, the disability website won't get updated as often. It'll end up not having the same features, and it becomes inferior. That's not fair. So don't do separate services for people with disabilities. Instead, design one service to be accessible to everyone. Well, thank you, Hobbin. It's been Hobbinin with Haben Gurma here on Adult Itch. I'm so sorry, Haben, you have to deal with her puns. Thank you for having me on here. Be sure to check out Haben's book, Haben, the Deafblind Woman Who Conquered Harvard Law, on her website, habengurma.com. She's also on all the socials at Habengurma, and double also, you can read the full transcription of all our episodes this season on our website at adultishpodcast.com. Hey, Merck. Yes, Nige? What kind of rules have you broken growing up? Me breaking rules? You know I'm an angel. I don't break rules. That's nonsense. That's 100% <laughs> cap. No, okay, so in sixth grade, I threw a banana at my crush at lunchtime. <laughs> and For what? Um, because I, I, I liked him, and I guess that's how I showed my attraction to this person. Mm, how, how romantic. Very romantic. <laughs> then I got in trouble by my teacher, then I started crying, and then the teacher started crying, so <laughs> I cried my way out of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I can't blame you because I've cried my way out of uh, a fair enough situation, so I see it. It's a, it's a valid excuse. What about you, though? What kind of rules have you broken? Um, so basically I got mad that this girl got me in trouble. She like made a little snarky remark and I locked her in the closet for all of recess in the sixth grade. So yeah. And I got, I got detention for a very long time because of that. Wow. (laughs) Well, if y'all think that's fun, our friends at the Mortified Podcast are making a new series that's all about the moments people broke the rules growing up and what those moments can teach us. And the best part is called... Ooh, you're You're in in trouble. trouble. And you can be on it if you're under 25 and have a story about stirring up mischief back in the day, whether that's something sus like cheating on a test or (laughs) something courageous like breaking dress code in the name of justice. Pitch a story at getmortified.com slash trouble. That's getmortified.com slash trouble. Help make some trouble. The good kind of trouble. 
So there's a series on HBO called Betty about young women in modern day New York City living their best lives as they roll through the male dominated world of skateboarding. The show has the perfect blend of romance, family feuds, and obviously skating, but it also touches on a few serious themes like Me Too, as well as race and class within the skating community, not to mention the athleticism of these young women. And right now we've got two athletes from the show, Rochelle Vinberg, who plays the chill yet super passionate Camille, and Didi Lovelace, who plays the loyal and strong-willed Janae. What's up, y'all? Hello. What's Hello. going on? Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So right before this, our boss asked me if I've ever skateboarded, and I haven't really, but I've got some thick calves, and I'm like, hey, I think that'd make me pretty decent. But he says that in uh, he learned in middle school that flat feet is better for skating, which is why he never got good, apparently. What? Is that the truth? I've never heard of that. I don't, think, yeah, I don't think any of that matters, because I feel like once you put on a shoe, your foot is the shape of the shoe. I think it's the flat okay. sole of the yeah. skate shoe, maybe. I have to look into that. I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of that. <laughs> but but what about the calves though? Is that a thing? What? Because like you run track or something? Heck yeah, I ran track. Yeah, that's the only way. Because I have thick calves too. I'm like, I mean, that's good. You have like strong legs and muscle yeah. down there. Endurance, I guess. You need a lot of. You need to jump a lot in <laughs> skateboarding. That's if you're doing tricks. I don't know if you're trying to do tricks, but eventually work up to it baby yeah. steps baby baby skates i guess you can do it <laughs> good for me to know so betty was inspired by the movie skate kitchen a movie from 2018 that was inspired by your real life group of female friends and friends of female skaters of the same name those who aren't quite skater girls like myself who is betty because there isn't a character on the show named betty <laughs> Yeah, all right. So Betty, um, we actually didn't know who Betty was either when, when they first came Betty. Pretty much, um, Betty's not really a person. It's a uh, idea of a person. And it actually comes from the '90s. So back in the '90s, where the director Crystal grew up, she grew up like in California actually, but moved here when she was like 18. So she spent pretty much those late teen, early 20s years here with skateboarders. Like those were her friends. Um, one skateboarder in specific, specifically Bill Strobeck, which I don't know if you know, but he's the guy who makes all the Supreme videos and they're really close. Uh, she couldn't figure out a name for the show and he said Betty. And basically Betty was a term that they used to just call girls who either skated or just hung around at the parks mm. or with the guys that called them Bettys. So um, not necessarily a bad thing, but not really a good thing, just kind of like a term. Um, so she just used it kind of reclaim it I guess for this generation speaking of the show um in it we see that when y'all go to the skate parks it's basically a sausage fest you know dudes are <laughs> acting like they run the place um and they're on something I swear because it's like one minute they're flirting with you and then the next minute they're trying to fight you yeah is that what it's like to be an actual skater yeah like you definitely have experience in this oh yeah it's like a mixture of oh yeah she's the bro but also like she's kind of cute it's like she doesn't like me i hate her like yeah, that's there's most. like it's getting better it's gotten better mm. but like there's this group gang corp who um is from like lower east side 
And at one point, I was just skating with these boys like every day. So I was like the only girl there. So it was like, they, I know they definitely would be like, yo, these match you. But then it was also like, yo, nah, nah, like she the homie, you know, like let's just, let's just like keep her around. Like, you know, she chilling, whatever. But it's, it's all right. It's funny though. Stereotypically, like, what's like the number one skate park pickup line that people hit y'all with? Hey, I like your board. <laughs> Or, that's the <laughs> intro. They'd be, like, they'd be like, yo, can you really do tricks on that? Like, you, you, you got tricks? I'm like, let me see one. Let me see one. Yeah, let me, let me, let me see something. <laughs> Even if they know that we skate, they just, like, want to, like, hey, like, I can, te- I can give you a tip on that. Like, they just want to, they'll just um want to just involve them. So it's not always a bad thing. Again, like, it's right. just, it's like, if I were a dude, you would not be asking me, like, Hey, what's your board? <laughs> <laughs> nice board, bro. And it's not, yeah, like she said, it's not always a bad thing. Like, <laughs> sometimes people are, gen- like, sometimes there are guys and people who are just genuinely interested. They have not seen a girl do tricks on the board. And they're like, mm-hmm. like can you actually do something? Like, that would be really exciting to see. I'm not against them. You, like, actually have a dope board. And they're like, yo, dope board. <laughs> yeah. it's a part on uh on, in the in the show that i really liked where kurt is like walking down the street and i think somebody says that somebody's like yo like you know what, like you know what to do with that or something like that and it's like nah i'm a poser bro like <laughs> oh yeah she really does though that's what she really yeah. says um, in real life if they say that and then they're just like what like they don't even know how to react yeah <laughs> i think that's the perfect way to, to react <laughs> but i mean playing like even that, like saying Kurt, but like her name is Nina, like playing fictionalized versions of yourself, like on screen must be a trip, like for both of y'all. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I would never just ditch my friends. And... <laughs> what about you, Dee? I mean, I'm not as confrontational as Janae is. <laughs> um, so yeah. you, you're becoming more. Mm, now I have my days where like, I'll say things when I'm like frustrated, but mm. I'm in a situation like that. I would not go and like stalk this girl and then find her and then yell <laughs> in her face and call her a bee and all that stuff. No, but I have uh, stalked people on, on Instagram. I have done that. <laughs> Who has it though? That's about it. So on episode one, uh, Rochelle, I'm glad you brought this up. So on episode one, key party, um kurt janae and honey bear who it seems like kurt and janae like know each other like on the show already and then uh honey bear shows up for the for the like girl skate sesh or whatever and so like their newly formed group goes and helps rochelle's character camille um look for this key like all day and they're going like in and out of everywhere in new york like looking for this key and it's to get into this exclusive like skate spot or whatever like y'all tease it the whole episode and as a viewer i'm like oh dope cool like now i got this group's like origin story like now they're about to link for like this epic skate sesh at this whatever whatever and then (laughs) that's not really how it goes so uh, (laughs) um let's hear how that actually played out hold on slow down what's up girls (laughs) it's good we have a key oh you have a key that's cool is it yours well, well, I didn't think so. I've never seen none of you before. It's Phillips and we're using. Yes, No, she's cool. She can come in. You're good to go. Sure. I don't know about the rest of y'all. Camille. It's not my call. What am I supposed to do? What the fuck? Are you kidding me? Damn, that bitch is cold. What? 
Alright, so Rochelle's character, uh, Camille, basically is like, yeah, I don't know them like that. And I personally liked it a lot because, I mean, you expect her to, like, support other women. But at times in the show, she really cares about her reputation with the other male skaters. And, like... It was an interesting change of pace, like in the writing. And so that's what I appreciated about it. But why didn't she let them claim them in that situation? Well, okay. So one big um, inspiration for Camille is um, the idea of like, so yeah, we know that sometimes guys can be mean to girl skaters and not welcoming, but there are girls like that too. And every Mm -hmm. cares more about looking cool than actually being a, a cool and nice person. Something I really like about the show is how y'all use skateboarding as a lens to talk about other female issues. There's another scene from that same episode where your characters have an uncalled for encounter with an old man, which leads to a conversation about creepy men sexualizing girls or women. And then skateboarding is talked about as a form of protection from that. So would you say skateboarding serves as a shield for you in real life? It's definitely given me more confidence in some ways. Stepping into this world that one moment where it wasn't that easy for a girl to skate and just enjoy herself. I wouldn't say it was a shield, but it definitely helped me um, push through something that was uncomfortable. It's, it's so rewarding as well. I can say just like when learning a new trick, just being able to say, I did that. You know, I, I, I worked on this for months, weeks, and now I'm here. That's really cool because when I was just watching you all skating, it made me want to also get a skateboard. <laughs> um, and I love how, I'm not gonna spoil the ending, but no, I love yeah. how the series concludes itself nicely. And and like seeing stuff like this scene made me think like, man, should I should I get a board? If so, what kind? Do y'all have any advice? Cause I'm, I am taking notes. Okay, so do you wanna, do you wanna do tricks or do you wanna just have something like that's nice for cruising or do you want a mix of both? I want to mix a bowl. Again, I got these calves built for tricks and stuff, so. <laughs> I mean, so I think that the best thing to get is like a cruiser shape with some nice, like, bigger wheels, but not too big. Like, I would say like 60 millimeter wheels, like a size 8.25 or something. Right, Didi? Like, that's a good mix. Yeah. Yeah, it's your cool. I can't wait to look into this and then replay this tape to <laughs> actually understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it took me a while to get it too. It took me a while. But you got this, Merc. I believe in you. Hey. <laughs> so, uh, growing up, my favorite show ever was this show called How to Make It in America. And I was immediately drawn to Betty because it gives me that same New York City street culture vibe that that show gave me and that I love so much. But this is from the perspective of women skaters, which is dope. Um, what other aspects of the New York City skate and fashion scene do people not see, but you want to highlight with Betty? Well, I, I think Betty does a better job compared to Skate Kitchen at really highlighting the communal aspect of skateboarding. Like, I love how in episode two, we're just in the same one skate park, but there's so many different things going on because that's really how it is. Like, as far as fashion, Like, I mean, in skateboarding, it's funny because like no one really, I feel like you don't really think about what you're wearing as much. It kind of just, you see someone wearing it and they're like, oh, that's cool. How does it skate? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's perfect. So comfortable. And they're like, all right, I'm going to get some. Or you just borrow a friend's clothes. (laughs) Like I've borrowed Didi's clothes and it just kind of, do you remember uh, Didi that like one pair of pants that like were like floating around? (laughs) Those black dickies. 
that were like floating yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just how the vibe is. And I think the show captures that. The sisterhood yeah. of the black dickies. Not the traveling yeah, pants. Right? The black dickies. <laughs> um, so the movie was a hit. The show is a hit. Uh, I'm curious, what's next for Skate Kitchen? And if y'all can't speak to like what's next for Skate Kitchen, then what's next for, for y'all, like both of you um, in the future? And it's perfectly okay to answer this question with like, okay, bro, we just dropped a movie and a hit HBO show back to back. Like, <laughs> let oh, us gosh. chill for a second. But <laughs> if there is anything in the works, like what's what y'all working on for the future? I just wanted to um, more girls to just keep skating. And if we can help in those ways, like hold more events that uh, maybe incorporate brands, giving us stuff to give to people like that. That would be the dream to like be responsible enough to be able to do that. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Supporting artists because a lot of skaters, they're all just like weirdo artist kids. So <laughs> supporting artists, <laughs> being able to do that and uh, curate shows or just be a contributing factor to art shows and upcoming artists because that's important. For sure. Appreciate it. Thank y'all so much for real for stopping by. Uh, for all of you listening, though, follow Rochelle on Instagram at Rochelle Vinberg and Didi at Didi Lovelace. And make sure y'all go watch Betty on HBO right now. Uh, <laughs> just don't be surprised if you want to go cop a skateboard or dust off the one you got under your bed after watching because <laughs> I for sure did. Thanks again, both of you for coming on. Thank you. By the way, everyone, Dee Dee is also a DJ. And if you want to listen to one of her playlists, it's on Spotify. Just search It's All Love. And with that, thanks for listening to another episode of Adultish, produced by YR Media, a national network of young artists and journalists creating content for this generation. Our special thank yous go out to our senior producer, Davey Kim, engineers, Carrie Campbell and Gonady Joe Johnson, executive producer, Rebecca Martin, all the young people at YR who made the art and music for this episode, as well as Don Barrera for providing the transcriptions for all our episodes this season. We're also on all the socials at YR Adultish. If you already follow us, you already know we see you. Just be sure to keep the Adultish fam growing by telling your friends, your family, your neighbors, your co-workers, basically anyone that you've talked to in the last 24 hours. <laughs> We're also proud to be members of Radiotopia by PRX, an independent listener-supported collective of some of the most fantastic shows in all of podcasting. Find them at radiotopia.fm. In our next episode, we're going to get into what it's like living life solo. Not going to tell y'all what that means. Sounds a little vague. <laughs> well, it's on freaking purpose. Uh, just use your imagination, imagination. And then we're going to leave you by your solo self to think about it. Radio Tokyo.